That works. A very warm welcome, everyone, to our online Easter Day service. Uh, happy Easter to you. I'd especially like to welcome anyone new or has not been a regular member of our church in the past. I hope you feel fully part of this online worshipping community today and that you find you can meet with God through this service. So let's now join in our opening responses. The Lord is risen. He, he is, is risen, risen indeed. Hallelujah. We're now going to watch a very, a very powerful clip from the film, The Passion of the Resurrection of Jesus. now going to say an opening prayer. Let's pray. Risen Lord Jesus, present with us now, open our hearts to receive you, open our minds to understand you, ignite our will to follow you, bring your resurrection life to all that is dead in us, your living hope to all that despairs, 
your risen joy to all that is sorrowful. Bring your love to change and transform us. In the mighty name of the risen Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Good morning, everyone, and a very happy Easter to you all from me too. As we celebrate Easter this morning, together and yet apart, I'm acutely aware in me of both the pain of separation from each other and the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead and who transcends the limits of social distancing and isolation. Somehow, in the mystery of God, who is beyond our comprehension, we can with complete integrity be real about the pain of the situation we are in, and at the same time, raise a hallelujah together to our resurrected King, who has once and for all beaten the power of sin and death. You see, despite all the restrictions we're under, the fear and anxiety gripping our nation, the grief that touches our hearts and at times almost overwhelms us. Jesus is victorious. He has declared once and for all that it is finished and that nothing can separate us from his love. Friends, this is the saviour that we worship this morning. And so can I encourage you to declare those truths now as we join together in singing that great Easter hymn, Thine Be the Glory, followed by a newer but equally powerful song, Living Hope.
How great the chasm that lay between us How high the mountain I could not climb In desperation I turned to heaven And spoke your name into the night Then through the darkness Your loving kindness Tore through the shadows Of my soul The work is finished The end is written Jesus Christ I
Amen. The King of Kings calls me, calls us his own. Jesus has broken every chain and there is salvation in his name. Jesus has won the victory. Amen. As we begin to declare who God is, we become aware of our absolute need of him and those things that get in the way of our relationship with him. So let us now confess our sins together. If you have the words in front of you, then maybe you would like to pray this, pray this prayer out loud with me. Father God, you are the one who leads us from darkness into light, from captivity into freedom, from anxiety into peace, from despair into joy. Yes, we long to break free, choosing independence, convinced of our own wisdom, forgetting your love and grace. Forgive us, draw close to us, embrace us once again in your loving arms and enable us to follow you in worship and grateful service each day of our lives. Amen. Amen. And now we're going to have our Bible reading brought to us today by Phil and Margaret. The reading this morning is from John 20, verses 11 to 18, reading from The Voice. Mary, however, stood outside the tomb sobbing, crying and kneeling at its entrance. As she cried, two heavenly messengers appeared before her, sitting where Jesus' head and feet had been laid. Dear woman, why are you weeping? They have taken away my Lord, and I cannot find him. After uttering these words, she turned around to see Jesus standing before her, but she did not recognise him. Dear woman, why are you sobbing? Who is it you are looking for? She still had no idea who it was before her. Thinking he was the gardener, she muttered, Sir, if you are the one who carried him away, then tell me where he is, and I will retrieve him. Mary. Rabboni, my teacher. Mary, you cannot hold me. I must rise above this world to be with my Father, who is also your Father, my God, who is also your God. Go, tell this to all my brothers. Mary Magdalene obeyed and went directly to his disciples. I have seen the Lord, and this is what he said to me. There can be no doubt about it. Easter in the year 2020 is not Easter as usual. 
So that poses a question for us. How can we celebrate this Easter day when we can't actually be together? Since I've been vicar here, one of my favourite services of the year has been the Easter sunrise service on Lith Hill. There's always a sparse crowd <coughs> of the really faithful, <coughs> of the really faithful, as we have gathered together from the different churches of Basin Hill. We huddle together with the dew still wet on the grass, shivering as we begin singing, Jesus Christ is risen today. And then things start to warm up and the sun begins to rise. And we celebrate. We really, really celebrate together in a simple and loving and intimate way. And once the service is over, we are all wide awake and raring to go. But this year is so different. We are all socially isolated from each other, practicing social distancing, doing all we can not to get near each other and certainly not touching anyone outside our own household. We can't huddle together on this hill and see the dawn rise and celebrate resurrection hope. Because of the coronavirus, we have never been more aware of not touching people than we are today. But not being able to touch people you love is brutal, especially in a time of trauma. God has made us physical beings. Our bodies are designed to connect with other people, with other bodies. And this is why physical distancing is so physically taxing. Maybe we are self-isolating and don't even get to physically see another person, apart from on our TV screen, or as they walk past on the street. When we want to hug someone outside our, our household, the rule is no going near and certainly no touching. So we can't go and give our elderly relative a hug. We can't cuddle our grandchildren. We literally cross the road when we see others coming and it hurts. With all of that in mind, I'm not surprised that one detail of the East story that has caught my attention this year is when Mary, Mary Magdalene sees Jesus for the first time outside the tomb and he tells her she cannot hold him for he has not yet fully ascended to the Father. I know we've just heard Phil and Margaret read it so well from the voice version, but I want to read it again and I'll read it in the NIV version this time. Jesus asked a woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was a gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I, I'm, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Just imagine the scene. Mary thought Jesus was dead. <clears throat> and then here he is, very much alive. And still she could, not, she could not touch him for long, if at all. I know Easter is a joyous occasion. But that particular detail that John the Gospel writer puts in seems so bittersweet, cruel almost. 
thinking about it makes my chest heavy, my fingers tingle from the longing. Here is your saviour, risen from the dead. Hallelujah. But you're not allowed to touch him. I can see why in all my years of going to church and hearing sermons, I've never heard an Easter talk highlighting this detail. It's not something we really want to focus on in a joyous reunion. But with all these restrictions we're living under, however, it's hard not to think about it. This year, those details that someone was here, that someone is here, but no, you cannot touch him, have become so real to me. Isn't that true for all of us? We can leave writing in crayon on pavements and we can wave from the window. We can leave gifts on a loved one's doorstep, but have to step right back if they come to the door. We can see evidence of the love and support we have in our communities, but we aren't allowed to touch it. We cannot physically hold on to one another. In some wider church circles, particularly when we reach Easter, there could be intellectual arguments about the resurrection. Do we believe in a bodily resurrection? Is this factual or a beautiful metaphor? I have always firmly held to the belief that Christ's body did physically rise. And that means that one day we will be given a resurrection body in the new heavens and the new earth. But I don't think I ever understood why it really matters so much until now. In the midst of this crisis and pandemic, I understand a little bit more why the bodily resurrection of Jesus, the Son of God, matters so much. There is in each of us a longing that all that is wrong in the world will be put right. How much more tangible and real is that longing right now? In our present context, the question on everybody's mind is this. When will things go back to normal? When will these restrictions be lifted? When, as the Queen said in her speech the other day, will we be able to meet each other again? The resurrection of Jesus, the bodily, physical resurrection of Jesus answers all those questions and many more. Because by his death and resurrection, he has defeated all the powers of evil and sent them packing. On a very personal level, we long to hug those we aren't allowed to get near to. And that is an echo of a deeper longing. We long for a complete redemption of our physical bodies, of the physical world. Again, the resurrection of Jesus answers those longings because he is alive and he rose from the dead with a physical body. Not only that, I understand just a little better the beautiful paradox which lies at the heart of the first Easter. In the midst of grief and tragedy, there was hope. The man who they had believed was the Messiah had risen from the dead. And yet that hope was not complete. You may have heard of the saying that we live in the now and the not yet. Jesus, in his ministry on, on this earth, announced the kingdom of God is here. And yet we still live in a world where pandemics happen. There are signs of the kingdom of God around us. Our communities are coming together to encourage each other 
and give small tokens of hope to each other in things like cheers for the NHS and essential workers, in payment chalk drawings, in sharing essential goods. And yet the disease is still taking loved ones and causing trauma and heartache and illness. The kingdom of God is now and not yet. Mary Magdalene meets Jesus, but cannot yet embrace the man she spent years following. She cannot hold on. We cannot have meals with friends around our actual tables, only on screens. We cannot shake hands with the essential workers when we say thank you to them. This Easter, more than ever before, I believe that Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. For me, that truth has become even more real, even more precious, and I want to grip hold of it even more tightly. It isn't enough for me to believe in an Easter world as a metaphor. I want to live it in my body. I want to hold salvation in my hands. I want to experience a resurrected world. Just think about it. Mary only had that moment with Jesus. But how did it change her? It changed everything. Before her encounter with the risen Jesus, Mary Magdalene was dejected. She was heartbroken. She was in tears. But now she had met Jesus, her whole demeanor changed and she was filled with hope. Verse 18 says, Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things there. Mary was the first witness of the resurrection of the Son of God, and it propelled her with joy to tell others of the hope she had found. And that's the joy and the hope that the risen Jesus brings to you and to me on this Easter Sunday, even in the midst of the pain of social isolation and anxiety and fear. Just two days ago, we remembered Good Friday and Jesus' death on the cross. On the cross, Jesus himself experienced the ultimate isolation. When hanging on the cross, he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He did that for you. He did that for me. He can relate to whatever we are going through. He has compassion and empathy. Physically, psychologically, emotionally and spiritually, Jesus endured the worst suffering anyone has ever known or could ever know. In his darkest moment, in his time of need, his father even turned his face away from him. So, again, how are we to celebrate Easter in these isolated and anxious times? Well, if we're to read on a little bit in John's Gospel, we will find on Easter evening that the disciples gathered together behind locked doors, afraid, anxious, and yes, isolated. They weren't isolating themselves for health reasons, but because they were afraid that their own leaders would come after them that the way that they'd gone after Jesus. And so there they were, huddled together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, feeling isolated and afraid. And then John tells us in his gospel, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Are you feeling isolated and anxious this Easter morning? 
If not you yourselves, are you hearing this in your family and friends? It's true that we can't celebrate Easter in the way we usually do this year. But the Bible reminds us that the risen Christ doesn't need the traditional trappings of Easter in order to appear and be present in our lives. And neither did his disciples. Instead, like it always is, Jesus comes to us in our loneliness. Jesus comes to us in our tears. Jesus comes to us in our fear and anxiety. He stands among us as he is doing right now and lovingly and compassionately whispers, peace be with you. Just as he spoke words of comfort to Mary Magdalene and just as he spoke words of comfort to his disciples in that upper room, Jesus speaks words of comfort to you and to me on this Easter Sunday and to a world out there that, that doesn't acknowledge him. Why? Because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Death has been swallowed up in victory. The tomb is empty. God is with us always and forever. And that is all that really matters when it comes down to it. We may not be together in one place this Easter morning, but we are not alone. Jesus' triumph over the darkness, the loneliness of death is our hope, our glorious hope. It brings us new life and new hope. It overcomes our isolation and fear. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, I think I may have just heard the most powerful sermon I've ever heard my husband preach. As we reflect on what Peter has said about Mary not being able to hold on to Jesus and knowing now as we do that we've come to the part of our service where under normal circumstances on this Easter day we would share in the Lord's Supper together. I'm acutely aware of the things that we can't hold. We can't hold each other as we normally would when we share the peace together. We can't hold on to bread and wine and in that very tangible way, remember the sacrifice Jesus paid for us. But I'm also aware of the things that we can hold on to. We can hold on to the love we have for each other. We can hold on to the power of the Holy Spirit. He brings us together as one body, even though we are apart. We can hold on to the promises of God. And we can hold on to the resurrection hope that our eternal destiny is secure. So as we worship God together now in our next song, There is a Redeemer, can I encourage us together wherever we are this morning to hold on to those things, to hold on to those truths, 
and to find comfort and assurance in them. There is a Redeemer. intercessions this morning there's been a slight glitch in communication and so um, the response um, after she says in the place of pain and loss will actually be 
let us dare to affirm the hope of the blessings of Easter. So I'll say that again. The response will be, let us dare to affirm the hope of the blessings of Easter. Over to Miriam. Let, let us pray. pray. When, when I, I say, say the words in the place of pain and loss, please respond with the words, we dare to affirm the hope of the blessings of Easter. We think of the tomb and of all that speaks of death and destruction in our world. In the place of pain and loss, we dare to affirm the hope of the blessings of Easter. We think of the disciples' confusion and despair and pray comfort for all those grieving the loss of those they love. In the place of pain and loss, we dare to affirm the hope of the blessings of Easter. We think of Mary not recognising Jesus, then hearing him call her name. We pray for the lonely, the isolated and those suffering with mental health issues. May they hear you call their name. In the place of pain and loss, we dare to affirm the hope of the blessings of Easter. We think of Jesus sending Mary to the disciples with the good news of his resurrection. We pray for all those who are yet to receive that good news for themselves and name those known to us in a moment of quiet. In the place of pain and loss, we dare to affirm the hope of the blessings of Easter. Amen. So let's join together and say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We're now going to sing our final song. It's a beautiful song. It's called Forever. Uh, do join in with it uh, if you can at home. And let's sing the praise of our risen Jesus. Bye. 
cross His blood poured out for us The weight of every curse Sing out and 
that's the end of our live stream service this week. But I'd just like to say that if you are new to Christchurch or listening in for the first time this week, you are especially welcome. Uh, there will be an online service here at the same time next Sunday. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you by email. I'd especially love to know how you came to join our service today and whether we can help you further on your spiritual journey with Jesus in these unusual times. Just drop me a brief email to vicar at basinhillchurch.org and I will get back to you. But let's now uh, pray and I will pray a final blessing over, over us all, over you all. So let's pray. May Christ, who out of defeat brings new hope and a new future, fill you with his new life and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you all and all those you love and all those you're praying for now and always. Amen.